1: Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship. Give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
2: Have you ever suffered from watching your stomach get bigger and bigger throughout the day, no matter what you ate? Have you had a problem not knowing if your stomach was sticking out because it was bloating, digestion, or weight gain? If you ever have had just digestive problems and weight gain and didn't know what was causing the bloating today's your day because we're going to discuss belly bloat is this weight or digestion in today's world it's very common to see people spend all this time on special diets to narrow their waistline some people say it's bloat digestion some people say it's weight gain which is it is it one the other or can it be both today's show is going to change your life it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to have a practical perspective and practical solutions to handle abdominal bloating. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 within the United States and Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can get the show on your favorite podcast provider as well. So let's look at this. Your bowel, your digestive tract is like a tube. Think of it as like a trash compactor or your garbage disposal. You put food in your mouth, goes down a tube, and then goes out into the world. So there's two reasons why your stomach would stick out. One, Like a snake's trying to swallow something. I don't know, like a tennis ball. The food gets stuck in the tube. It can't move. On the other hand, you could put too much food in the tube, eat too much, and that could make it stick out. But then it eventually would go down. So that doesn't make sense if it got bigger and bigger and bigger as the day went on. On the other hand, because remember now, the garbage disposal, you flip the switch and the food goes through. And we have a normal switch, nerves in our bowel, starting in our throat, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine that like a garbage disposal moves the food on through moves it on through in and out so what makes our stomach stick out food can get stuck it can be too much food in there or too much food is absorbed and it's converted to fat we have lymph vessels lymphatics surrounding the small intestine, where most of our food is absorbed, especially fat. And fat tends to collect, especially in those lymph vessels. That's why the, pri- the first place that, f- that fat collects is in your abdomen, because that's where it gets absorbed from your GI tract first. And then it spreads up and down, and gets in your blood and goes all over the place, to your arteries, blood vessels, brain. Actually, it doesn't go to your brain, but it goes everywhere. Your rear end, your thighs, blah, blah, blah. Earlobes for some people. No, I'm kidding. So it's possible that you can have a beer gut, meaning you eat or drink too many calories. They get absorbed through your intestine the sugar and the fat comes in through your small intestine the fat collects in a pad of fat around your abdomen and you get a gut the thing is how do you tell the difference between an abdomen that sticks out if it's bloat meaning gases are picking up and it's a digestive problem or it's a a bunch of fats around there well the first thing is that during the day your stomach starts to expand wildly like wildly no matter what you eat i once had a patient who was a famous actress and these people their body has to stay similar all day long because of continuity. They tend to record the same scenes over and over again to get it right. They repeat the same lines over and over again. And they have people examining the film to make sure that the set looks the same, the table looks the same, the the actor's wardrobe looks the same, the hair looks exactly the same. The thing is, is this actor so much out that they had to stop shooting because it messed up the continuity in the movie. Now, there's one thing to, for someone to be obsessed and have body dysmorphia where you exaggerate your perception. And even the smallest amount of distep- distension in your abdomen can be painful. Gas is one of the most painful perceptions. But, and so in some of those commercials that say, say, do you have abdominal distention and bloating? Do you have IBSD? And I look at the picture and I I look at that person and I go, that is not abdominal distention. If you want to see abdominal distention, you want to go to P.O. Box 1020 Yarmouth, Maine 04096. That is abdominal distention. So, when you look at those commercials those people don't have abdominal distention and bloating but this for the point point of the commercial that the, the pitches don't do not demonstrate so you have to ask yourself what are the reasons why a person may get bloating and what's the difference between that and fat well fiber foods can cause bloating like beans dairy products certain fruits and vegetables Also, certain diet sodas, stevia. If you do too much stevia, you'll be amazed at what it does to your bowel. Every once in a while, you get a kind of diet soda that's natural, and you go nuts because it's a certain kind of orange soda that reminds you of a child. Next thing you know, it's like roll out the barrel. Your stomach is huge. It's incredible. Brussels sprouts, cabbage, prunes, onions. Then there's overeating. Too many salads, too much of anything can do it. Yes, we all know about lactose intolerant and wheat allergy. But by the time this is really a problem, you've already stopped the wheat. You've already stopped the dairy. So one of the things that you need to look at is there are a variety of people who have problems with lower back problems. Lower back and pelvic floor have difficulty moving the food through your colon and that's the kind of constipation that occurs when a person's had lower back psoas muscle a lot of children and that actually can back up food in your small intestine the other thing is progesterone problems progesterone makes the muscle spasm in your bowel which is why a lot of women get a kind of constipation or pseudo constipation when they go through menopause or in the half second half of their cycle because progesterone is a muscle relaxant it's like GABA or Valium that's the second cause the third cause is anxiety anxiety adrenal gland epinephrine or what they call stress what it does is it makes a muscle spasm in your bowel, they clamp down and they overwhelm, they overwhelm the, the, the normal peristalsis that pushes th- food through. The, the next thing is thyroid hormone. If you don't have enough thyroid hormone, it's like adrenaline. The muscles are floppy in your bowel and you get abdominal distention, bloating, and constipation. And then finally, all of that, the longer food sits in your bowel, the more effective it is to absorbing nutrients, and actually you gain weight. So the longer you stay bloated, it's actually possible for you to gain weight. So then you have two, two, two problems in one. And then when you go to the doctor or the practitioner, they'll say, did you put on some pounds, and you want to knock other teas out? Let's talk weight gain. If you're sedentary and you're not working out a lot, you'll get a weaker lower back. That increases your chance for constipation, sedentary. That will not only cause you to gain weight, but it'll increase your chance toward constipation. All you have to do is go on a long flight, and you know what that is. Not only do you gain weight, you get constipated, you're hungry, you eat everything in sight, so you gain weight, and you have the added benefit of getting constipated. If you don't have activity and you you sit all day long, sitting is the new smoking. You're more likely to gain weight, be constipated, and have more bowel problems. Excess fat, weight, converts progesterone to excess estrogen, and that, in Chinese medicine, again, excess liver increases your chance toward constipation. I might add, it also increases your chance because of excess body fat and estrogen toward breast cancer. Lymph vessels, diabetes. A lot of people don't realize that if you're too heavy, you're more likely to have blood sugar problems and diabetes and have peripheral neuropathy or nerve problems. They talk about numb feet. But do you don't realize is there are nerves lining your bowel, autonomic nervous system, that those nerves won't work either. And though you won't feel numb in your bowel because you're not aware of it, it's possible to get constipation and all kinds of pseudo-obstructions because of diabetes and overweight. So that's an example of having bloat and obesity and abdominal distension. Overeating can make you distended and anxious and gain weight and so on and so on and so on. So we can change our diet but we have to be ever vigilant. Is this bloating? Is this weight gain? Is this a combination of both? Because it is possible that over time, when you bloat, you will gain weight because it makes your body more able to gain and absorb calories. If you want to know more about today's show, you want to go to my book with Louise Hay, All as Well. If you want to know more about the solution to today's show, you want to go to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. I have a seven-day class that I teach in medical intuition. It's once a year in July. And if you looked into it, yes, this year it's going. This This year it's going. It's once a year. So if you have signed up, I want you to know you will be there. You can be there. We'll all wear masks and we will be social distance and it'll be easy to read because you won't be able to see a person's facial expression because we'll be in masks. If you can't get on the line today and you want a personal reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com. Sign up for a private reading, a one or two hour reading, www.drmonalisa.com. Let's go to line three. Corey, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Are you
0: there? Yes. How can I be of help? Okay, health? good. Okay, so um, since April 5th and every day since then, um, I've had dizziness, unease, fatigue. It started like an intense sore throat. Okay, um, stop for to- a second.
2: Stop, second.
0: All of a sudden, since the 5th, Yep. You've had
2: dizziness, uneasiness, yep. and fatigue. Oh,
0: and the on.
2: Wait a minute. The first thing I see is that you've always been porous or sensitive. And you have a great capacity to feel someone's pain and suffering. I call it contact intuitivitis. So much that you can't figure out where suffering is happening. Is it happening in your body or is it happening in someone else's? It's like when my, it's a localization problem. It's like when my cell phone rings, I can't tell if it's ringing downstairs, upstairs, and I could be actually sitting on my cell phone. So you can't find where the dizziness, the fatigue And what was that second symptom?
0: Um, Intense sore throat. So unease, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, unease. And that's not uncommon.
2: I see someone near you who's ill. And they're cold, distant. And they're not available. Mm. I see that you've had a history in your past of having someone in a family who's cold, distant, and critical. And I can't figure out if you've removed them, they've left you, you've left them. Whatever it is, because you had them in your life once, and they were a very potent person, to protect yourself, you learned how to read that person real well. And, And now, you're very sensitized to someone who's suffering who was the person in the past who was cold, distant, critical, and difficult to get along with? Corey? Uh, both, both my parents. Perfect. So your brain was keyed in to people in the family who were difficult to access, who were at a distance and cold and distant, walled off, removed. Mm-hmm. So your brain turns up the volume to feel them. Have you ever heard anybody saying, I feel your pain? Yes. My heart goes out to you. If their heart is not with you, your heart goes out to them. Mm. If they are not a touchy and feely person, you learn to intuitively feel them. First of all, you need to inquire with a doctor with the symptoms of
0: fatigue, sore throat, Dizziness, and what were the other symptoms? Well, the thing is, is I have, and it's may. May I finish with with what the other things are? Yep, go ahead. Because um, it's, it's it's. I've been to a bazillion doctors, and nobody can figure it out. Um, I, it started as an intense sore throat, along with the dizziness and fatigue and unease, and it is move, It moves up and down my neck at times, pulling at the back of my tongue. It's under my tongue. There's pressure. Feeling in my thyroid area. I know, but you're
2: focusing I'm... on the details. What is the common? Okay. See, we have a left brain for details, and you're a very yeah. detailed person. Mhm. What um, do
0: you do for a living? I, I, I went from being extremely healthy. No, I know. I understand. To... I understand. Okay. You're, okay. What do you do for a living? I'm a, I'm a homemaker.
2: Okay. You, you're a very detail-oriented person. Left brain is details. Right brain is the overarching thing. A lot of different sore throat. What's the leading cause of a sore throat?
0: No, it's not even a sore throat. It's like a pain in my Can throat you that's you? Okay, systemic. It's, okay, it's yeah. a pain in your throat
2: that's systemic. Okay, I'm going to see how you you go into the left brain again.
0: I love you, Corey. <laughs>
2: I love you more than my luggage. Okay. I'm into What's the leading yeah. cause of a pain in your throat?
0: <laughs> and your pain in my neck? You know, I don't know. Wait a minute, and someone's I'll, a
2: pain in my neck. I know you want to. You want to play the shell game Forget about moving on to the other symptoms. Don't be squirrely. Okay. What's the leading cause of a pain in your throat? That causes soreness in your neck and goes all over your body, and which causes fatigue. What is the number one? Don't think zebras. Uh, that causes?
0: Hormones.
2: No, 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 no. Don't quit your day job. The leading one is a virus. Uh-huh. You knew this. Yeah, I did. Yes, you did. You wanted to. Yeah, I did. Around. Okay, I know you wanted yeah. to fool around. You wanted to fool around. Well, um, I thought of that
0: ages ago. And okay, I know. Just, just gone listen. To other worries.
2: Wait a minute. No. And what's been going on in the world since April fifth, uh-huh. exactly? And I knew that because I'm. You can't take it. You can't take feelings, emotions. You have to bring them to your left brain and name them. You can't just go. I knew that. No, no. You have to name it.
0: Well, I feel like I've watched news and I have been, you know, in trying to make my place a happy place so I'm not affected. It doesn't. It doesn't. Can I tell you?
2: Listen, how many people have died in the United States? Too many. No, see, you can't. Now you're not getting specific. No,
0: I know because I don't watch the news. Can I tell you? But you (laughs) feel it. I can give you a number.
2: So, you don't watch the news, but you're carrying it in your body.
0: Oh, That's I, do. Yes, I do. This is a perfect example of
2: somebody who doesn't neither. watch the news, but that doesn't matter because you're carrying yeah. it in your body. Well, yeah, you're not I do. watching the news. Okay, so there. we're going to go back. Short throat, achiness in your body, fatigue, and dizziness. And
0: the tongue. The tongue is being pulled down my throat. Enough, like. enough, enough with
2: the tongue. Did you go to your doctor and get a covid test? Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: of course. And it was uh, n- nothing. I'm fine. No no covid. No, no, you, didn't blood say, work. you didn't say negative. Oh yeah, it says negative. Okay, matter right here. Negative. IgM negative, IgG negative, IgA negative.
2: Okay. Now that was that what I said? I didn't give you a diagnosis on. You I don't give you a diagnosis on yeah, the online radio. I know. I said I know that you have a capacity to pick up people's suffering.
0: Yeah. You're not the first person
2: who's told me that. Right. So you're picking up all the symptoms that everybody picks up. Now, I want you to know something. You want to hear something funny? Yeah. First of all, I've been on a ventilator. And I have immune and autoimmune problems. So I have pristinely stayed in my home, okay? Mm, not mm-hmm. let anybody here. People have got my food, Okay. And I decide I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix my floors. I'm gonna sand them, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I got a sore in my nose. For, for, and I think, oh, I'm gonna ignore it. Then my nose swells, and then the left side of my face swells. Oh God, Somebody, yeah. Just listen, somebody from across the street says, why is your eye swollen? I don't know! She says, you better see a doctor. A doctor sees me on the Skype or whatever, Mm. and says, you have cellulitis on your face. You've got to go to the emergency room. You could get encephalitis and die. I said, I'm not going to go to the emergency room because I could get coronavirus. And he said, your chances of dying of cellulitis of the face right now is greater than getting coronavirus. So I ask you, okay, do you want to see what I'm saying? The thing is... (laughs) You get it now. So I got you to laugh, Corey.
0: The fact remains is
2: good. See, now you sound better. If you're intuitive, (laughs) first chakra, you're porous and sensitive. You're going to pick up people's suffering. It's going to go to your adrenal gland third center. Your adrenal gland is going to pick up via progesterone, excess cortisol, and you have to figure out how to soothe your contact intuitivitis picking up people suffering. Otherwise, your body will let you know this, and your cortisol will go to your immune system and make you immunocompromised. Yeah, my cortisol is out there. Uh, skyrocketed. Right. So, therefore, if you don't have the virus now, you're going to get some other virus, A, and they yeah. stay stuck there, okay, for a while. So they all yeah. they know is they don't have coronavirus. You could have, I don't know, the cat food virus, okay? Yeah. yeah. Cat crap. And crab. then... Right, Whatever. and then you'll get something else. So it takes something. You have to be very thorough to get cellulitis. So I tell myself it was because I sanded my floor, so I'm going to avoid sanding floor. Can I get it again? <laughs> yeah. See, you laughing. laughing. Yeah. You see that? Well, you're Just like funny when lady. I asked you what the leading cause of was a sore throat. You said, this isn't really a sore throat. It's a what? It, you started going in and trailing off. Do you get it?
0: Well, what is different. I,
2: Corey, have more in common than you want to see. Mm-hmm. You may be a mother and a homemaker. Mm-hmm. How many children do you have? Two. Each one is a is a doctorate. I may have an MD and a PhD, but each one of your kids is like a doctorate because you are responsible to raise mm-hmm. them to be spiritually and humane and not end up being mm-hmm. I don't know mass murderers or something. That's, <laughs> That's right. a big responsibility. An MD takes, I don't know, four years of a BA, four years of medical school, and I don't know, seven or 10 years or whatever. But a kid is 18 years, that's a hell of a PhD. So (laughs) you have two doctorates there you're raising. You get it? Yeah, I get it. Wait for the dissertation, the written and the oral. (laughs) They're a bitch. I can't say that, I'll take that back. (laughs) We just beat that out. Okay, do you understand? I do, yeah. So please, I want you to go into your body and observe and describe. Oh, there's my music, and you know what that means. We're going to come back, and we're going to learn how you can identify the risk factors for bloating and weight gain. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
1: All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
2: We're back and we're talking about belly bloat. Is this weight gain or is this digestion? We've gone through all the reasons why we may be at increased risk for bloat and increased risk for fat excess. The best way to decrease bloat is to eat small meals three times a day and have bowel rest in between. However, if you're heavy, you might not be able to do that because your metabolism will sink in between. So you have the biggest breakfast when insulin and cortisol are highest. You might have a small half of a protein bar at 10 to keep your blood sugar stable and a bottle of water that flushes your bowel. It's like flushing a toilet. Sometimes you throw a pail of water in there and it flushes the toilet. One that has a funny handle it doesn't work as well. And then 12 noon is a bigger meal. A plate, small piece of protein, dark leafy vegetable, small piece of carbohydrate. But it's not a big salad and it's not a huge, huge meal and it's not all carbohydrates. And then... If you're a bigger person and you have a little bit of a weight problem, three o'clock in the afternoon, you have another bottle of water and the other half of that protein bar to keep your metabolism stable so you don't bottom out. The important part is after lunch, you start to put less food in your tube, your digestive tract, and the same thing with weight because you want to go on bowel rest and metabolism rest. One, cortisol and insulin goes down as you get later in the day. And for people who have motility problems, nerve problems in their bowel, digestive problems, you want to let your bowel be able to move the food it's already eaten through. You know what it's like. If you have a toilet that doesn't flush correctly, you don't just keep putting more and more paper in it, for God's sakes. You may... Just be easy on the toilet paper. The same thing with food. You're easy on the food. You put most of the food in, in the morning, and then you're easy on the food for the rest of the day. So dinner is your tiniest meal of the day. Take a dessert plate, small piece of protein, dark leafy vegetable. And then you. for both problems, weight or bloating, you have to do some vertical vector ex- exercises. If you can do stairs, good. If you can walk, great, because that will move your bowel around, and it moves things through your bowel. It also increases your metabolism, especially if you do it early in the day as well. But then you're on bowel rest, especially if you have bloating, but especially if you also have a weight issue. Cortisol and epinephrine is at their. cortisol and insulin is at their lowest at night, that's when you eat less. But for people who have pseudo-obstructions or motility problems, you really want to do bowel rest. And that means you don't put food in there. Will you be hungry? Absolutely. For someone who has bowel obstructions, absolutely. You could eat, want to eat the siding off of that whole house. All you need to know is when you have stomach problems, sometimes hunger is not as bad as digestive issues. We'll go to... Line one, Mark, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help?
3: Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Um, Well, perfect topic for today. Um, I've had IBSD for years, and then on May 1st, I ended up in the ER. I was diagnosed with diverticulitis gastritis, Um, although unlike most people that have diverticulitis, I don't suffer from constipation. I suffered most of the months from diarrhea. I mean, there were some days where I was going like, you know, about 20 times a day. And I did just recently see a GI doctor. Um, he's not 100% sure whether I had diverticulitis because I had diarrhea instead of constipation. Okay, um, hold on one second. Put-
2: oh, hold on one second. The first thing I see when I look at you is a problem with work. Work is supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense of belonging. Some people don't have in their investments and in their retirement distributed resources. They tend to put a lot of their eggs in one basket. And a lot of your mind, your thoughts, tend to revolve around work. Mock, you've got a good heart. Where I live, we don't have ours. I grew up in Rhode Island. So I'll say, Mark, you have a good heart. <sighs> However, your emphasis on work is wearing down on you. I see a problem at work with someone where you're trying to have a relationship with someone and three people are arguing. And your capacity to ha- make a say, have a say you run in lots of different directions and you try to have peace, but it's not working like it used to, and it's starting to wear on you. It's true that constipation, majority of the time, increases your chance to die of faticulitis. but on the other hand, your in medical intuition, your problems with your immune system, lining your bowel, and the lining with bacteria. And your immune system there, it says that you're having trouble balancing anxiety and frustration with work. Mark, what do you do for work?
3: Uh, It's actually Kevin, but um, uh, the... Oh, my
2: God, I asked to do... I asked for my... Okay, never mind. But anyway, Kevin, what do you do for work?
3: um, Well, right now I'm actually unemployed, um, so I'm actually looking for work, but it, it is true I've had some rather sucky work experiences and uh you know what was the last
2: one what was the last one
3: last one i was doing customer service for uh, a local company and the job turned out to be not really what they said it was and we ended up uh separating from each other after about a month so
2: when you said separating from each other my favorite how many people did you work for
3: It was a small office. There were probably only about uh, 10 people there.
2: Did you have a trouble with two people?
3: Yeah, definitely. The office manager and then uh, one other person who seemed to uh, uh, be, I don't know. It it, it was kind of one of those places where they seemed nice at first, and then afterwards uh, it was as we went along it seemed like a lot of backstabbing and um well,
2: that's why i said you were trying to have a relationship with someone and the third person interfered they call it triangulation there were three people yeah and you were um you know that third wheel if you will right do you understand
3: yeah definitely
2: and um when you say we went on separate ways how long have they been there?
3: Um, they've been there a few years. It's actually a division of a foreign-owned company, and you know that was that was kind of another thing I found out afterwards that some of their policies weren't exactly generous. Like you had to work there a year before you got any sick days and that sort of thing. So
2: I, I look at your head. Hold on a second. I see you're a very detail-oriented person. Logic. Is a big thing for you organization planning is a big thing for you in high school rules were really important for you and structure it was very hard for you to not feel shy at times I look at your neck I look at your thyroid I look at your heart
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely true about high school.
2: Hold on a second. So you were anxious or something, social anxiety. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder. Someone in your family has an issue with drinking. I can't figure out if drinking excess alcohol or something like that. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon and rectal areas. I see problems with redness in your saddle region where you sit. I love your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I wonder if you hurt your lower back either in some kind of accident, picking something up. I see achiness at L4, L5, S1. I can't figure out if it's painful for you to get up underneath from a chair or what that is.
3: Yep, I, I had a uh, car accident in 2015. A drunk driver totaled my car. I was actually lucky to walk away from it. But, um, yeah, I have, um, there is um, some uh, degeneration in the lower back and also have sciatica at times. How
2: much aspirin or Advil do you take?
3: I don't take any anti-inflammatories because of the bowel thing. If I take like Advil or aspirin, it gives me diarrhea.
2: (laughs) I know. How much did you take before?
3: I haven't really taken it for years. Um, Used to take it like you know, probably back in the '90s was the last time I took it regularly. Um, Yeah, I do get migraines also.
2: Okay. Okay. So you have a pain problem. What I want you to do is talk to your digestive doctor about your history of lower back problems and taking a lot of Advil and and things like that. Because I wonder whether or not that influenced your digestion. Who drinks a lot in your family?
3: Really no one in my family. Um, I had a roommate for about a year who – had a drinking problem, and actually, that's why we're no longer roommates. So,
2: okay, all I can say is I would talk to them about how much Advil blood thinners you took in the past and find out if that could have affected your digestive tract.
1: Mm, okay,
2: that said, some people who are very shy have long term have bowel problems since they were very young. And wheat can be a problem, dairy can be a problem, not just a lot of people who think they have a problem. Authentically, you can. And if you avoided that, you would have a great improvement. The other thing is if you work with someone with anxiety, with a kind of cognitive behavioral therapy mindfulness, it might do Mm -hmm. the world of good for your anxiety. And it might also help you with the dynamics at work because it's very hard for you to understand the nuance it goes on and there were the politics because i saw that you had a problem with politics at work despite yeah. the fact that i had the name wrong i saw the situation at work and though you said we went our separate ways you kind of left before you were fired and it made you feel bad about yourself and third center has to do with territory and self-esteem and work and there was something about that event that eroded your self-esteem and made you suffer do you understand? Yeah,
1: you
2: yeah, also have definitely. have to check your testosterone because when a person gets downgraded like that, that can affect their testosterone and prostate. Good luck. You take it easy, okay?
3: All right. Thank you very much. Thank
2: you so much. So now mm-hmm. we're gonna go to line one, Mark, or I'm gonna lose my mind.
1: <laughs> Hi there. This is Hi, Mark.
2: Mark, how are you? I tried to go to Mark before, but it it, it was it there was a misfire there. How can I be yeah, that's, uh,
1: Um I be well Well, um, I haven't worked for the last year, uh, partly uh, my own decision. Yeah, hold on 64. a
2: Do you, you used to be roommates with Kevin? I'm kidding. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, that was a, yeah, never mind. that was a bad joke. Okay. When I read you, the first thing I see is you have a very unique brain. You've always been very unique. You're like a Renaissance person. You're not your usual individual. In another era, you would have been a monk or an artist or something else. Someone would have been, been your patron. The thing is, is that well, that's not that time. And you're forced to go into the world of the rough-and-tumble, not-so-polite people. Your brain doesn't have the insulation for the difficulty in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying, Mark?
1: Yes, definitely.
2: So as a result, you get melancholy and sad because of your unique beliefs and your unique sensitivity. I look at your head, You, you unfortunately see and hear things in the world in a way that makes you feel scared. I can't figure out if you misread motives, misread messages from people, sounds, whatever it is. I see that you have a problem with feeling safe and secure in the world because either a glance from someone or a look or a sound or a gesture makes you feel scared. Do you understand what I'm trying to say?
1: Um, To some degree, yes.
2: And then... As a result, you stay away from people. You're aloof.
1: That's, that's very true. I've been away. I've secluded myself for the last right. year.
2: Because you think a lot of people, their motives are not really nice. Correct. I, I look at your head. I see melancholy and sadness. But it's not just depression. It's that you're wired in such a way that you stay away from people Because you don't trust them. Do you understand? Yes, I do. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I look at your heart. I wonder if people in your family are prone to small vessel problems in their heart. You have to be very careful of this, Mark, because you might ignore a pressure in your chest. It's hard to take a deep breath. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. At times, I wonder if you have waves of nausea and upset feeling in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Not your... too you...
1: much. I want
2: to explain in a second. A feeling of despair that affects your digestive tract I look at your left kidney right kidney bladder I look at your prostate I see that you fear partners I wonder if your feet shuffle I wonder if your feet feel like lead can you please tell me your health concerns
1: my health concerns is just Suffering from uh, uh, overall depression and uh, just not feeling like I want to be a part of the world anymore sometimes.
2: Okay, so this is important. You need to work with somebody on your unique brain because it's not just depression, is it? It's that you feel like you're at the periphery of the world and you don't trust people. Is that correct?
1: That's true. I've worked all my life, and I've been laid off for no reason at all.
2: Right. But this is the point. Mark. Yes? You know St. Francis of Assisi? Those saints? Do you think they were ordinary Fathers, husbands.
1: No, probably not. you ever hear about not. them
2: mowing, mowing the lawn, <laughs> filling the car up with gas? They weren't, were they? No. They hung out as monks. They sequestered themselves. And Teresa of Avila, Catherine de Ricci, Teresa Lassure, they did the same thing. They were unique, solitary, and they were unique and eccentric in their beliefs. They didn't call them depressed, and they didn't say they had mental health issues. They called them monks, eccentrics, and ascetics. Do you understand? Because they came to peace with who they were. They also had to find unique work that wasn't in settings where, like the last guy that called, where there was drama at work, you know, a water cooler kind of gossip. That's not who St. Francis of Assisi and all those people were. St. Francis of Assisi related to animals more than people. Do you get it? There are horrible yes, groups, people, that have had histories of trauma, sexual abuse, that work in animal shelters because they trust animals more than they trust people. I wouldn't call that a mental health issue. i is would call it adaptation. You have to work with a coach, someone with DBT, to help you find the right place for you, the right work with animals or a setting that you feel safe. But it's not in a work environment where there's gossip and schmoozing, because that's going to make you nervous. And then you'll hear feel that they're calling you paranoid. Do you get it? Because those people don't speak your language.
1: It's very true. I've felt like I've been on the outside of it.
2: For a number of years But you're on the outside of that area, but there is an inside for you. okay do you get it? I used to yes, walk I with do. Carolyn. I used to walk with Carolyn Mace in um, in Chicago. I do the same thing when I walk around here. I talk to the animals. I know there are animal communicators. But I don't really get the deal. I just talk to the animals. You know what I mean? Hi, how are you? Love the hairstyle. I mean, I talk to squirrels. So finally, (laughs) Carolyn looks at me. I know. Carolyn looks at me and goes, hey, St. Francis of Assisi, must you talk to every animal you see? And I'm like, I don't get it. They're there. They're a person. It never occurred to me that they're not really people. They're just somebody there. You know what I'm saying? To the point where when there's an animal in this environment here, in this neighborhood, I'll talk to them. And their parents, their humans or whatever their people are that they're with, they look at me and they drag their dog or cat – well, usually it's a dog – away from me like, don't talk to that lady. She's strange. I don't think it's strange. (laughs) I think it's strange that they're dragging their animal around here and they won't let anybody communicate with them. Do you understand? So my point is, is that I don't talk to the people. I talk to the animals. Eventually, the people get used to me. They say, that's that lady that my dog, there's a dog named Heidi. Whenever Heidi sees me walk around the corner, she goes ape crap. (laughs) She barks and barks, and she won't shut up until I come and talk to her. Because she knows. (laughs) She knows that I know all about. She tells me everything that's going on. Do I hear the words? No, but I know. Is that normal? I don't know. Do you know what I mean?
1: normal
2: for you I just think animals are pure people they got funny things at times doesn't that tell you a little bit about my history yeah yeah it does I think you feel bad depressed because you haven't found a family but some maybe your family doesn't have two legs there are a lot of people who have four-legged families do you know what I mean
0: okay And
2: you're going to have to make peace with that because you're still on the earth. And maybe you feel depressed because you lack joy. There are antidepressants that get rid of depression, but they're not pro-happiness agents. They don't make you happy. They help you lift a kind of chemical brain-body depression, but they don't make you happy. You have to find love and joy with kin. That's for you you understand?
1: So did I try to find, like, somebody that I can work with that
2: uh, mental they health? can help uh, you do that. You can say, I want to find love and joy. And maybe it's not with people. Maybe it's with plants, with animals, because I'm telling you right now, okay. there are a lot of people who grow plants. I had a guy here all he does is horticulture. He comes to my house, and he says, you have gnomes? I went, yes. He said, you have gnomes. He talks to the plants he puts in the ground. Now, is that guy, that's what he does. He does Carolyn's gardens for her. I said, yeah, I have gnomes. He says, you do? I think he talks to gnomes. You know what I mean? There are people who just do that. There's places in France that they have whole estates of gnomes, they build them in the trees. And other people think they're nuts, they're touched. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I've, as far I've, as I've I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: As far as I'm concerned, some people who are normal aren't that happy. And if somebody's happy with do doing a lot of stuff with gnomes, go with God for God's sakes. So you're well, gonna find the the moon. You, you're gonna find love and joy, and it may not be with in a standard job, but it, there's going to be a job for you. But for you to try to find a place, it's not for you. It's going to give you sadness. Good luck, okay? Thank I want you. To thank you for welcoming me you into your day. You've been listening to Intuitive Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.